What is going on, y'all? Today is Friday, January 8th, and I'm coming to you with a preview for week one of the NFL playoff, the wild card weekend. We got a great weekend of games lined up starting tomorrow, uh, spreading through Sunday. We got the Colts versus the Bills, the Rams versus the Seahawks, the Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. Those three games are going to be broadcasted on Saturday. And then we got the Ravens and Titans, the Bears versus the Saints, and the Browns versus the Steelers. Those three games will be broadcasted on Sunday. So what I'm going to do today is bring you guys a full prediction and analysis and breakdown of each and every game, starting with the Bills and the Colts. So the Bills are finally a powerhouse in the NFL again. Finally looking good. Finally got their franchise quarterback, a great coach, a culture-setting coach, a great run-stopping defense, uh, aggressive defense, a defense that's going to fly to the ball, fly around, and be super active. I think this Bills team is something to be very excited about because I think that they have the talent and the confidence and the and the uh, momentum right now to really make a deep playoff run. And we might even see this team in the Super Bowl. I think that is their ceiling, is to be a Super Bowl contending kind of theme, kind of team. As for the Colts, I feel like they're still one or two pieces away. I think they have a great defense. I think they have a great running game. I think they have some good weapons at the receiver position. And they have a decent quarterback in Phillip Rivers. Not the greatest quarterback, but a decent one, nonetheless. Um, I don't think that Phillip Rivers can get them over the edge. I don't think he can get them over the hump that they need to get to. And that, and for that reason, it is why I'm picking the Bills to win this game 28-24. to I think Phillip Rivers is a cool guy. I think he's a, a proven veteran in this league but he's also proven to not be able to win playoff games. Um, if there's anything that we know about Phillip Rivers is that he loves to turn the ball over, he loves to scream, and he loves to lose playoff games. So I think this week will be no different. I got Bills 28-24. Following that game, we got the Rams and the Seahawks. Now, I think this is probably going to be one of the more competitive games of the entire playoff and one of the more competitive games of this weekend alone. But in this game, Rams versus Seahawks, I have the Seahawks winning 24-17. I think when you have an elite quarterback, a top five quarterback in Russell Wilson, um, who's aggressive and who's really, really trying to prove that he is the guy, um, you know, the whole re- let Russ cook thing was big early in the season. And, you know, people started to hate on him and say he was turning to turn the ball over too much. And he's not really all that we crack him out to be. I think he's going to be out here to prove a lot of people wrong, especially since he's healthy. Um, I believe they've got Tyler Lockett healthy. Uh, Chris Carson, all them boys, DK Metcalf and them boys. I think the defense was finally looking great going into the playoffs. They was holding teams lower. They was making stops, making turnovers, everything that you need to do to be a deep playoff run team. And I think when you have a, a coach as good as Pete Carroll, a quarterback as good as Russell Wilson, weapons as good as DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and a defensive stud as good as Jamal uh, Jamal Adams or – Bobby Wagner, I think that you are always going to be a contender. And that for that reason, I'm taking them over the Rams. Now, I understand the Rams' defense. I understand what they have at their disposal on defense. They have a great secondary led by Jalen Ramsey. They have a great front four led by Aaron Donald. Those are probably the two best players at their position in the entire NFL. And that is rare where you see a, a top three corner and a top three defensive lineman on the same team ever. Um, so th- we know that this defense is elite. We this This defense is proven to hold teams and shut teams out and Whole teams are nine points, six points, all types of things. But I don't think they're going to do that this week. Just just played out point and simple. I, I still think the Seahawks are going to hang 24 on them just because of the potential um, that Russell Wilson brings to the program. Russell Wilson brings a dynamic and a, and a potential to any team that 
you could go up and, and put 35 on the board any any given week. So I'm giving them 24 this week. And and the thing with the Rams offense is I think they have good weapons. I think they have two good receivers, three good receivers actually in in Cup and in Woods and Higby. I think those are good good targets. I think those are good receivers, but I don't think that's enough to keep them over the hump, especially with the questions about Jared Goff. I'm not even sure if he's healthy this week. Even if he is healthy, I don't think he's a good quarterback. Anyways, I think he's probably the most overpaid quarterback in the NFL, overrated quarterback in the NFL, one of the most trash-ass starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think he's the guy to get the job done. I think he is, out of every quarterback in the playoff right now, he's probably the worst. It's definitely between him and Nick Foles. But Nick Foles, I'm not, I don't, but Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl, so he can't be as bad as Jared Goff. Jared Goff just isn't the guy. He's not the one. And with that, for that reason, I don't think they're going to be able to get over 17 points on the board and the Seahawks are going to win this game. And following the the final game on Saturday is going to be the Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. Now, I think this is going to be one of the most intriguing games to watch because this is the GOAT. This is Tom Brady, big bad Tom Brady, going against the Washington football team. Now, this is the only team in the playoff with a losing record this year. But I do think this team is some – this is a team to really be taken seriously. This team, led by Ron Rivera, is a very well-coached, well-disciplined, defensive team. They probably have the best front four in the NFL with um, Chase Young and sweating them boys down there. Them boys are different. And I've seen them get to the quarterback and make, make an issue for – for for quarterbacks that aren't mobile. Now I think that might create an issue for Tom Brady, but the way that A B <laughs> the way that A B and Godwin and the boys is playing right now, I'm not sure anybody can slow this this offense down. So I think this is going to be the most intriguing game to watch based off that dynamic. The Tom Brady versus Chase Young and, and, and Montez Sweat. Um you know, I think that is going to be the most interesting thing about this entire game. Nonetheless, I still have the Buccaneers winning 34 to 17. I don't think that the the Red Washington football team has the offensive firepower to keep those consistent points to keep up with the Buccaneers. But if they can hold the Buccaneers to, you know, a field goal and two punts in the first quarter, then I think they might be all right. It all depends on that first quarter, in my opinion, especially with how Chase Young comes out, how this defense comes out, if they're coming out flying to the ball, running to the ball, or if they're coming out, you know, a little timid. Because this is a young team. They haven't been to the playoffs. They don't have any experience, but they have a great coach, veteran coach, and Ron Rivera. So it's going to be interesting to see how he gets these guys ready, how he rallies his troops and gets them ready to play against the GOAT. And vice versa for Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians has gotten a lot of questions this year as to his legitimacy as an NFL coach. Is he really the guy? Can he lead the troops? Can he galvanize his guys and put the confidence in his players to go out and play well? Because I think early on in the season, we saw a lot of Bruce Arians just blaming other people, especially Tom Brady, for the for the faults and the errors. Um, I think a lot of times we see a head coach take – the the majority of the blame you know oh that was me I could have put them in a better position to succeed but in this situation in Tampa I think weeks probably three through eight every week we consistently saw Bruce Arians putting the pressure and putting the fault on somebody else um which isn't a good sign you're you're a head coach this is your program this is this is you everything falls back on your shoulders not your quarterback not your receivers not your defense it's always on you so I think it's better for you not to point the finger and that's the biggest thing that really irks me with Bruce Arians and that's that's the biggest question I have about him it's like okay 
You got all these things to say. You have this great big ego. You carry yourself like you're a great coach, but you have no wins to show for it. I think he has some wins as a assistant coach, but not as a head coach. Like when you were in Arizona, you guys didn't do shit. You go to Tampa, you don't still don't do shit. Um, James Winston throws leads the NFL in interceptions. I think it might have been like the big most interceptions ever in NFL history thrown in a season. But you can't put all that blame on him. Look at look at Tom Brady in the same system. Tom Brady's thrown more interceptions this year, I think, than he has in the past like twelve or fifteen years. So it's not always a quarterback. Like you have to look at the system and the program that the head coach is setting out for them. Like it's almost like a system where quarterbacks can go and fail because of all the down deep downfield throws, um, timing patterns. You know where you hold the ball for a really long time. I think those are situations where you're getting quarterbacks like a Tom Brady or a Jameis Winston quarterbacks who are very stationary and aren't very mobile you're putting those kind of guys in trouble now if you have a, a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson guys who can make plays out of a pocket to extend plays to get these deep balls down the field yeah okay that's different but you do not have those players at your disposal you have Tom Brady who is basically a statue in the pocket who can throw a fucking dime and read a defense but he is not a mobile quarterback so that is my take on the Buccaneers and the Washington football team. Once again, I got the Buccaneers winning 34 to 17 and moving on. So those are our three games for Saturday. Sunday is really where the fire happens. Now, in my opinion, I, I thought that, that that the Rams and Seahawks was going to be a good game, but I really do think that the Ravens and the Titans, this is going to be the game to watch for the week. It is a rematch from last year's divisional round where the Titans took out the Ravens uh, pretty handedly, actually. And this was kind of like the Titans arrived to – arrival to fame, you know, where everybody knew who they was, and everybody understood Derrick Henry and Tannehill and those boys and, and, and how legit that they were as a threat in the, in the AFC. Now, earlier in, in the season, the way that they was playing, I said, look, this looks like a Super Bowl team. This looks like a Super Bowl contending team. And the, and the momentum that they carried throughout the end of the season, they still look that way. I still perceive them as a Super Bowl contending team. When you have a defense that could play to the caliber that they can't, when you have a running game that is, in my opinion, probably top two in the NFL, you have the best running back in the NFL. So your running game is automatically going to be fire. A quarterback in Ryan Tannehill who knows how to game manage, knows how to make the big plays down the field, the smart throws, the 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 throwaways, you feel me? The, the, the guy who's not going to turn the ball over too much. I think Ryan Tannehill is the kind of quarterback you could win a Super Bowl with, or you could at least get to a Super Bowl with when you got weapons like Corey Davis and A.J. Brown on the outside and Jonu Smith. And like I said, a, a Derrick Henry pounding the ball. If Derrick Henry runs for over 130 yards, I don't see the Ravens winning this game. I don't see the Ravens winning this game. And vice versa, if we see Lamar Jackson running for 130 yards or more, I don't see the Titans winning this game. I think this game is going to be a lot about field uh, field position and time of possession. I think those two things are going to be the biggest things with both of these teams because both of these teams are built off of the success of the defense and their strong running games. So both of these teams are going to be fighting to keep the ball, fighting to keep that clock, fighting to keep the other team off of the field because the longer that you can keep Lamar Jackson and those boys off the field – the more out of rhythm they're going to be. And I feel like that's the best way to beat them. If I'm Tennessee, you know, it's it doesn't always work out like this. It's not always a perfect world. But my intention were to be pound, 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 pound the ball, pound the clock, pound the ball, and keep Lamar on the sideline, right? He gets on the sideline, blitz him, blitz him, blitz him, blitz him, blitz him, get him off the field as quickly as possible. Get this lead as quickly as I can to make sure that Lamar has to throw the ball. 
if I could get up two scores on him in the first half, then I would feel so much better than being tied going into the third quarter. Because if you're tied with the Ravens going into the third quarter, that playbook absolutely opens up and John Harbaugh gets into every scheme and motion play and play action play and RPO read that he can to make sure that Lamar Lamar Jackson and his offense is going to be successful. I've seen it happen way too many times. Now, I think that all the pressure in the world is on Lamar Jackson this week. His rookie year, they lose to, to, to San Diego. His MVP year, they lose to Tennessee. Now, this year, he has to get this done. He has to come home with a win. But whether you play great, whether you play bad, it doesn't matter. You have to win this game. You have to make those plays and those reads and be a leader on the field to where your team can get this win. You guys cannot come up short this week. Lamar, if you guys come up short this week, your name is going to be taken out of that conversation of best players in the NFL. You can't be this phenom in the regular season and consistently get bounced in the first round of your playoffs every year. That can't happen. So with that being said, I'm taking the Ravens 27 to 24. Lamar Jackson finally wins his first playoff game and he shows the world like, look, I am Lamar fucking Jackson. Y'all better be on notice for me, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs too. We are coming because I think he has the talent around him defensively. I think they have the defense to do it. They definitely have the running backs to do it. If Hollywood Brown, Sneed and Boykin and them boys and Mark Andrews, if they could just do their fucking job, catch the ball. Last year against Tennessee, they dropped a lot of passes. When they lose big games, ironically, these guys drop a lot of passes. So it's not all on Lamar. It is also on these weapons because they are a little suspect at times. But with that being said, I'm still taking the Ravens 27 to 24 in absolute battle of the trenches. Let's put it like that. This is going to be a battle of the trenches between the Ravens and the Titans. Moving on, we got the Saints and the Bears. This is going to be a slaughtering for the Bears. I'm sorry, Bears. I'm sorry. I don't even know the fucking head coach of the the Bears' name. I forgot it. I forgot his name because it doesn't matter, and he's not a good coach. He doesn't know how to rally his troops. He doesn't know how to select his quarterback. He's not confident in his team. His team slid. I think they started out like 4-0. How do do you finish 8-8? How is is that possible? That's terrible. I'm taking Saints 27-9. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, uh, T- Taysom Hill, Latavius Murray, all of you guys, they're going to have their way with this team. They are absolutely going to have their their way with uh, this porous Chicago Bears team. I mean, they have a good defense. Don't get me wrong. They have a good defense. And I think this defense is going to come out hungry, swinging and, and fighting for the ball and fighting to keep these guys off the field. But I just think that the Saints have too much, man. You can't keep a defense like that on the field all game. I think I think Kamara is going to wear these boys out. Michael Thomas is going to wear these boys out. Taysom Hill is going to wear these boys out. Shoot, I mean they have too many weapons for for the for the Bears. Um, and for that reason, I'm taking the Saints twenty-seven to nine. It's not going to be a close game. It's not going to be a great game. It's just going to be a game that's on, and we know the Saints are going to win, basically. And then the final game for the the playoff or the wild card playoff is going to be the Browns and the Steelers. An AFC North rivalry. Now, this is the big brother, the, the the most successful franchise in NFL history. The Pittsburgh Steelers going against the little brother, one of the worst franchises in all American sports, one of the losingest franchises in all of American sports, the Cleveland Browns. 
Now, this is the Cleveland Browns opportunity to finally prove. Look, guys, we are legit. Through all the coaches, through the Hugh Jacksons of the world, through the Freddie Kitchens of the world, you get a step. You, you finally get a Kevin Stefanski. He's finally getting the troops together. He's finally getting the team to play with some 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 uh, some emotion and flying to the ball and playing confidently and playing aggressively. And he gets COVID. So they'll be without Kevin Stefanski this weekend on the on the sideline. So that is the biggest story of the week for the Cleveland Browns. I think that is going to be huge and terribly detrimental for them. They don't have their leader. They don't have their head coach. They don't have the, the captain of the, of, the, of the ship. They ain't got that. So what does that mean? Baker Mayfield is going to have to play his ass off if they want to win this game. He is going to have to go absolutely bananas if they want to win this game. Either he's going to have to do it or we're going to see Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt do something absolutely historical for them to win this game. Let's look on the other sideline, right? It's Mike Tomlin, arguably a top three coach in the NFL right now. Absolute culture builder, uh, defensive mogul, I mean, defensive genius, actually. I would say he's a defensive genius or, or savant or whatever word that you want to use. But we have consistently seen Mike Tomlin put himself and his team in successful positions and positions to win football games. He knows how to win football games through situational football. No, he doesn't have the most talented team. Has he ever really had the most talented team? Not since A.B. and Le'Veon were there. So with that being said, he's got Deontay Johnson to the world. He's got the James Washington. He's got the Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got the James Conner. He's got the ben, old aging Ben Roethlisberger. I think in the Chase Claypool. I think that those weapons right there are enough for him to get over this hump and to beat Cleveland this week. Now, I don't think that they are going to go anywhere past this week. I think that this week is going to be their only win for the playoff, and then they're getting bounced next week. But with that being said, I got the I got the Steelers winning 17 to 14. And this Browns team, man, I think they're a great story. You know, I think that, you know, me once living in Northeast Ohio, um, I think that it's a great story. And I love that their fan base is finally getting a team that they can support that's successful. You know, I think that's beautiful for them and for that fan base because they just that's something that they were deprived of for so long. But I don't think that they are that legit playoff threat yet um, with experience, you know, maybe with a couple more pieces. Yeah, they could they could get there. But I just don't think that they're there right now. Um, I think Miles Garrett is a star. I think Nick Chubb is a star. I think Jarvis Landry is a great teammate and great locker room guy, a talented player. Um, I think I think Baker Mayfield is a. Uh, you know, he's an inconsistent guy, but he can have his really good game, games and good days. Uh, but th- I don't think the team is much more than that. You know, I like Denzel Ward. <sighs> you know, but it, it's not – they're not anything to really get too excited about. You know, maybe with some more time together, you know, in, in a couple of years they'll be all right. You know, the, the Odell thing kind of didn't go as planned. Not only did he get injured, but when he was healthy, he still wasn't having the production as planned. So – I just don't think that this Cleveland team has that high of a ceiling. Maybe they could pull off an upset this week, but with my prediction, no, I got the Steelers 17-14. I just think that losing their head coach is going to be too much for them to to bear and overcome. So with that being said, man, we got the Bills moving on. We got the Seahawks moving on. We got the Buccaneers moving on. We got the Ravens moving on. We got the Saints moving on. And we got the Steelers moving on to next week. 
um, yeah, of our playoff. And and I think it's going to be very exciting, especially, you know, because right now we got our Chiefs with the bye. We got the Packers with the bye. So as those teams become integrated, um, I think it will only get more interesting. So with that being said, guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. Um, I'll be back Monday to give a little recap and review of these games this weekend. Um, so, yeah, enjoy the games. Enjoy your life. Uh, be happy. Be positive, And have a great day. Thanks again for tuning in with me. I'm out, man. What's going on, people of the world? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the International Podcast. This is your very organic host, Noah Williams. Always bringing you the latest heat, what's hot in the street, and about all the games of the week. Thanks for tuning in. We're about to get it cracking.